Welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 78. It is WrestleMania morning. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe, and I'm here with the head of the table, Blake Short. He was oranger than Cassidy with more streaks in the bottom of that toilet bowl. And the unprofessional, Greg Overson. Hey, what's up and hi there. This week we discuss the Hurt Business and Jericho on Broken Skull Sessions, all leading to our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, NXT, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. <laughs> but before we talk about wrestling, let's talk a little about our weeks. Again, guys, we, we forgot to decide the order that we were going to go in here. Who wants to go first for talking about the week? I'll go first. Okay. This was the first week with the virtual assistant, so I'm, I'm learning a little bit there. It actually went really well. Um, she's doing really good. The only downfall that I'm seeing right now is I'm not a super techie guy. And I don't think she is either. So I won't really be able to use her for some of that well, stuff. She isn't a super techie guy. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. But uh, she she's just really good at, at sending out the messages. She's doing exactly what I need her to do. Actually, she's overperforming to my expectations. She was, like, crushing it. So if you go on my Instagram right now, there's probably, like, 400 DMs in there. I've, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to let her handle it, except for on Saturdays. I'll try and catch up and see if there's any messages. That way people aren't waiting until Monday. But um, we got a cat at the door. I'll take care of that, Roy, once I'm done for my week. Um, <laughs> I, I made a Facebook status earlier in the week about being just absolutely tired of opening doors for cats. And every once in a while on the podcast here, every week you guys may hear a, a little meow in the background, followed by Blake trying to get to the door and open it for the cat. I don't know what it is in, in the nature of cats, but they cannot stand a closed door. And I, I just let the cat in He's been 10 minutes in and ago. out of that door at least seven times in the last hour and a half. He's getting louder. Like he... I'll, I'll handle it in a second. So I'll make this quick for the cat. I, I played a little bit of Sackboy. Finally got a chance to hop on PS5. Okay. Played about an hour or two. It's pretty fun. I like it. Um, I do plan on playing more. That's pretty much going to be my go-to game when I do play right now. Uh, <laughs> laughing at this damn cat. Um, but yeah, it seems pretty fun. It's different. I've never played a game like it, but uh, it's 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 a good game so far. And lastly, WrestleMania. Just WrestleMania is tonight. My schedule's been a little hectic, a little crazy to kind of improvise and be able to watch WrestleMania tonight. But I will be able to. Um, I didn't want to take any risks of not watching it live and then Peacock. I can't watch a replay or whatnot. So. One second, Can cat. Can we rename uh, <laughs> this episode Wrestle Meownia? Yeah, we should. Um, I'm excited for it. I'll actually be over here with Roy and the guys on Sunday, so that'll be fun. And yeah, it's just a just a cool week for wrestling fans. And now I'm going to go open this door for the cat. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate it. Um, I'll go next. Greg, you've been you've gone last a couple times. I have. You're like the main event for <laughs> weekly discussion. Uh, last week I had mentioned that I was going to do seven days of Roy since I constantly would get to this point in the podcast every week and feel like I had very little to share. It's funny, so often throughout the week I'll be like, this is the thing I'm going to talk about. And by the time I get to Saturday morning, I'm like, what was it that I planned on talking about? Almost every time. And I convince myself that I'm going to remember. And I never do. So that's how we got the seven days of Roy. I, would, I committed to taking a note each day um, so that there was something to talk about. Sunday, I started Shameless on Showtime. Are either of you a 
Blake, I don't think you care. Do you ever watch Shameless? I've Craig? never watched it, but I know about it. Shameless, I think, is a five star, ten star, whatever your max is, S tier, whatever grade you want to do. That show aces it. Uh, on Monday, Colby and I opened some Shining Fates cards. It's uh, these cards. Some of them actually have shiny prints of Pokemon cards. So we were able to get a few shinies. Uh, most notable probably is the shiny VMAX Ditto. I think it was VMAX Ditto that Colby had pulled. Um, on Tuesday at 5 a.m., it was so damn hot in this bedroom that I rolled over and ordered an air conditioner. So And that it came pretty quick, so I'm very happy about that. On Wednesday, uh, I have that flat pillow sitting over there behind you guys. I have that flat pillow, and then I have two gel pillows that I use for myself. Uh, lately, I've kind of trained Fawful to sleep on a pillow beside me, because his go-to is to sleep on my back, and some nights I wake up not feeling great because of that. Uh, so for the last two weeks, he's consistently slept on a pillow. Uh, I found that flat one there. I put it down for him. I could tell right away he wasn't feeling it. He wasn't quite as excited as he was for the fluffy pillow. And so then I spent the rest of the night with him fighting, trying to get on the pillow by my head. Uh, Thursday, I finished up Shameless, and I still think it's an S-tier show. Uh, and Friday, believe it or not, Friday, Jey Uso won a match. <laughs> this is true. All right, so my week, it's, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just something new in the life of Harper. Rowan. Bludgeon babies. So, um, this week, uh, she's... She's learning more, so now if you go, where's Harper or who's Harper, she will she will poke her chest and say me, um, me? which is cute as shit. Um, the the other day, uh, she has this little dinosaur that has uh, like buttons A through Z on it, and obviously if you press them, it says the letter. Um, and then it's got a button you push, and it'll actually sing the ABCs. She's she's picking up singing, so like. She she obviously doesn't know that it's A B C D, but like once it hits C, she'll go D and then like sing with it. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with. I'm pretty sure you're not. Not surprised if you aren't. Uh, but uh, there's a part of the show Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where they sing a song that goes Hot Dog in the beginning. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity right. dog, hot dog, hot dog. That song. So, um. So before that, there's like an intro type of little music before they go hot dog. And on <laughs> cue, the music hits and on cue, Harper goes, hot dog. I was like, <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy to see like how much she's really like advancing. And um, she'll like, she'll wake up and she'll, she'll just immediately call for Kimura. She'll either go, dad, dad, mama, like just wanting one of us to come in and get her. Like it's. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that today she is, uh, what, a year and three months old? Um, because I refuse to say months, and I hate that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when someone goes, my son is 37 months old. So she's 15 months. the freaking kid is three years old. Like, Jesus. Um, correct, Blake, but I refuse to do that. I hate that so much. Like, I'm Do you good even at math, math but, bro? I'm good at math, but quit making me math. Um, so... That's that's really it. Um, I know, I know. Last week, I believe it was last week or the week before, I said that there was some discouraging things that had happened in the life of my son. Um, Thursday, I believe it was, we got semi good news. 
um, which sounds a lot more promising than the previous couple of things that I thought were good news. Um, So the, the previous ones were more so I'm finding out from multiple people that that type of case gets declined all the time. Whereas the one that we are now filing is it's not, it's, it's not really one they can decline. They have to hear it. It's just a matter of what date we're going to get. Um, so hopefully that comes soon. Uh, but we filed whatever paperwork we needed and it's at the courts now. That was my week. So I love that you brought up the, uh, the house of mouse stuff. Cause it reminded me of something with Kaylee. I guess she was a big fan of it at one point because she saw it on the guide sometime within the last couple months. And she was like, Oh, house of mouse. She goes to put it on. And they've changed the art style. She was so disturbed. She's like, that's not Mickey Mouse. I love the new art style. I love it so much. She was she was absolutely disturbed. She's like, these... She kept saying, that's not that character. Um, all right, we got a lot to talk about this week, so let's just jump right in. Well, actually, uh, I did the math while Greg was talking, and Morgan, she'll be 164 months in a couple of weeks. I just wanted to let him know. 164 months? Jesus Christ. Okay. So, what, 14? Almost. 13? She is 13, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, Blake. Fightful Select says that Vince McMahon met with talent who were very unhappy with the Hurt Business breaking up, but McMahon insisted on it despite it being a blow to locker room morale. They've also said that Bobby Lashley and MVP personally lobbied for Vince not to go through with the breakup. Uh, I know that we've talked about this here and there, mostly with very frustrated tone. I thought it would be good to have a little bit of a more direct conversation about it. Uh, why, don't, why don't you get me started on some of your general thoughts on hearing just how passionate the locker room is about the Hurt Business? Yeah, I, I think the locker room probably noticed the same things that we did as fans, where they took some guys that really didn't have, they weren't in the right place in the company, and the trajectory of them together was just everything worked out so well. And they felt so important. And that doesn't happen typically with fashions. I mean, we saw the opposite end with Retribution, where it was just, it was a fail, right? Her business was not. And it was a huge success. And it wasn't time to end that success. If anything, this was almost the beginning mm-hmm. with Lashley as a champion. And I mean, the frustration that we've had, I still have that same frustration. I'm going to probably for a little bit of time because the path for Shelton and for Cedric is probably not going to be good. And it's looking like it may not even be that good for Lashley. We'll see what happens tonight on Mania. But my thoughts are he's probably losing. And I don't know if the path is to get the title back on Lashley. And without the Hurt Business intact, it's just not going to be the same. It's going to be a lot more of a struggle. Um, I'm happy to see that the locker room had their back. I wish Vince would have listened. Sometimes Vince is just a little too headstrong for his own good. I'm a little surprised that Vince didn't listen in this case because I know we hear a lot of stories about Vince. But usually when we get to a point where it boils down with the talent specifically going to him and giving their concerns, I feel like a lot of times it has a happy ending that he kind of, he, he does listen to his people in that regard. So for somebody like MVP and the champion and the rest of the locker room to be saying this, He's really got his mindset on something. Yeah, it seems like with Vince, it just depends on how strongly he personally feels for it. And for whatever reason, I guess he 
felt strongly that this needed to happen. I don't understand it personally. I know there are cases where he does listen to either the fans or maybe the wrestlers inside. I mean, look at look at Kofi at Mania. Look at Daniel Bryan. These weren't planned yet. You know, it was loud enough. The voices were loud enough to where he noticed and they altered course. I just don't know why he didn't alter course here because this feud would have been fine without the Hurt Business stuff. In fact, it would have been better without doing everything they did. I, I don't you mean like as far as the breakup. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean the the build to this was just super weird. And I just I didn't like anything about it. And it really sucks that Shelton and Cedric won't get to be a part of that moment. And on their on screen characters in fact are being treated like parasites. Like they've worked really hard over the last year and really helped Bobby get to where Bobby is. Yeah, they they had the tag titles for over a hundred days they're not even going to be a part of Mania. They're not going to have that connection to Bobby when it comes to this match. Everything that they work so hard for has been taken from them within a few weeks. And they're smart enough to know better that in the future, it's not going to be good for them. Because right. they've already been in the back before. They've been on main event or just not on TV in general or jobbing. They know what comes next. And that's got to be so frustrating when you put all that work in. Do you think there's any chance that with the outpour, because I, I hear it continued each week, actually, for the exact same things that you're saying, I'm reading superstars upset that they were here. Now they're basically pushing the back of the line. I mean, we saw what they were in last night. Like, they went from tag team champs to Andre the Giant Memorial Battle, whatever the hell. It's too many names. But do you think there's any chance that they write it and somehow get them back together? I think it's too late, and have, and the story doesn't make sense. At right, that point. you have a one percent chance at best that maybe yeah. Vince listens and course corrected just because to avoid the backlash. But I I felt for a while like the point was just to get Lashley here and lose, and um, I think them stripping Lashley of everything that made him cool, and then putting him right next to Baron Corbin, the most boring person on earth. Uh, are indicators that he's just here to lose this match. We're not supposed to be behind him. And so I think when he, when Vince is hearing, he's so cool this way, keep doing it this way. That's just pushing Vince further away from the idea because that's not what he wants. Cause there was, I mean, you know how I am. I always think some weird off the track shit. And all I could think of was, so we had that match that ultimately meant nothing where drew beat the both of them and they couldn't be at ringside. Any chance that they tried to say that that was a whole ploy the whole time, that they broke up and now they're back together, they can be at ringside? Like, they just come out? Because, I, I don't know, Like there's, I feel no. like there's something weird there. Like, it just makes no sense to me that you had this match. Like, I get that it goes with the storyline, like, you failed there, so we're done. But it's just weird that you even made that a stipulation to just not have them ringside anyway. No, I don't I think, think that was to give Drew a nice two on one. Yeah, win. yeah, and I don't think th- this is some some of the issues with with WWE and wrestling in general is, uh, and something I, I'll credit AEW with. I think they they really think long term with their stories, and WWE doesn't all the time. Sometimes they do, but this is a perfect example of them not because th- nothing made sense here. And for the timing of it, this is something where it's hard to excuse because it's WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania. and it's your main title, so it's hard to just be like. You know, I mean, the, imagine your expectations are higher naturally. You, you you want you want the stories to be believable, right? And it doesn't even make sense. So they're they're at the pinnacle. They're all super successful, and then within a week, 
Bobby's like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, you lost. I'm done with you. Like, you've preached that this is a, this group is almost like a family and they've had that connection. And you think, is, is it believable to you guys that Bobby Lashley would go, oh, well, you guys lost a match, so I'm going to go talk to these jobbers and see if they can handle Drew McIntyre. Meanwhile, the story has twisted into Bobby yeah. going, oh, well, I want Drew McIntyre exactly. at WrestleMania. Yes. That makes no sense. Very bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. All right, Greg, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears over to you. You ready? Sure. We learned not too long ago, I think sometime in the last week and a half, that Chris Jericho was going to be on Stone Cold's podcast, uh, which is on the WWE Network. Well, now Peacock. Um, did this come to a surprise? Did this come as a surprise to you that Jericho was going to be on this? So, not really. Um, I think when it comes down to it, it's more so... This this is Stone Cold's podcast. WWE Network or now Peacock is just one of the ways that his podcast is put out there. So I don't I don't know how how much WWE's hand is in the basket on the Broken Skulls podcast. So let me give you some context. Vince, it does appear like Vince has the final say. I'm sure he does in pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE, but for this specific instance, Stone Cold did say that he called Vince to get the go-ahead. Uh, Vince told him that it was fine. Vince didn't have any issue with it. And he said he's had issues with phone conversations with Vince in the past. So he texted him to make sure, and Vince gave him the thumbs up. And also on a on a investors meeting for NXT, Triple H had even said, because they were asking him about it, and he said that it actually was only a surprise to the fans. He says it's not really that much of a surprise to people inside the industry, which I thought was kind of really telling that internally they're like, yeah, of course we would have Jericho on. And, and a lot of fans, educated fans, myself included, it did. It was a little surprising. Um, you know, not, not the biggest shock, but it was very interesting. And it's just made even further interesting to know that the people inside are like, no, it's not a big deal. So for me, it's one of those situations where it it didn't really surprise me. Like hearing maybe as soon as it's happening, since AEW is only a little over a year old um, as far as being live and stuff like that. But uh, as far as like it being Jericho, I, I look at it from WWE standpoint. He didn't walk out on the company. He didn't asked to be released from a contract. He just wasn't signed, and he decided to do something else. That's, he has nothing against WWE, I don't, I don't think. So why would WWE have anything against him? You know what I mean? Someone who who was top-tier player for they how long? They have a history of not allowing their talent on podcast for the other side, which is another thing that I think true. gave true. And I think, I think it's more, I guess... In a way, it would be more so where you have Jericho's podcast, where that's literally just Jericho's podcast. That's not part of AEW. That's not part of WWE. That is Jericho's. Then you have Stone Cold's. So I feel like that's just another way of WWE going, well, we can control this situation because we can say yes, but we could probably set guidelines as to what can and can't be said. Although I find a lot of things get said on Broken Skull um, that... I, I'm surprised to even be put out there. The Undertaker one, for instance, there was so much that was put out there that it's like, I don't really know how many guidelines WWE has on it. Yeah, Broken so, Skull Sessions is one of the is one of the better pieces of content that they were putting out because it did feel so real. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, and you got, I just watched a clip with Randy Orton, like, 
just the back and forth between Orton and and Steve Austin is just like you you got a whole nother side of Orton that you see this guy come out of the entrance and you're so used to seeing this legend killer or whatever. Then you've got this Orton that's in front of Stone Cold, and you see how grateful of a person he is, even though he he acknowledges the the, the fuck ups he's had in the past, causing him his suspensions and and different stuff like that. Um, but just how humble he is, and like you you're so used to seeing him on TV, and you can fully believe that oh this guy is entitled because his his father was Cowboy Bob, and you know he was basically handed this position and stuff. But then you see this, and it's like he's he's so humble like he knows this wasn't handed to him he knows that he's worked hard and you know like all that stuff um so it's it's a cool show to see and i'm actually interested to, to see where this one goes but it doesn't really surprise me too much that it's jericho um i think if it was a different name maybe but jericho doesn't surprise me too much anything in particular that you're hoping that they touch on or talk about anything you expect to hear or just want to hear one of the biggest things I want to hear is Jericho coming to WWE for the first time. Because as far as I remember back then, he was along with the the Sting and the Goldberg and, and the I'm not going to WWF. So, can I say WWF? Sure. Anyway, so I don't want the World Wildlife Federation coming after me. Um, but no, like... I think I, it's fun. <laughs> By the way, the World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> that is what I said. It is fun. <laughs> and and yes. I don't and I don't think they listen, Greg. So you're fine. Anyway, but the point is, is that I think he was amongst that group of wrestlers that didn't want to be involved with WWF at the time, and then to have him come in when he did, and the way that they did it with the whole Y2J coinciding with the New Year, like that, all that. Like I'm interested in where that came from and and whose idea all that was because. Let's be fair, Jericho's got a really creative mind, so I'm wondering how much of certain things he was in full control of. Well, if you're willing to pick up his autobiography, he does go into detail on all of that. Okay, well, then I shout. Okay. I'm going to borrow it from Colby, because I feel like he has it. That's a good point. Colby might, <laughs> he might have it. I think there's three different ones, though. You got to make sure you get the right one, because, God damn it, I got the, the one when he first put it out, and... I've never been a WCW guy, just WWE, WWF. And so that's what I wanted to hear about. The end of the book was him getting to the debut of WWE. I had read through this whole book waiting for the story that you wanted to hear Mm -hmm. just for that to be the ending and have to get the next book to finish reading it. And that's the one where the the cover of the book is him dressed as he was with Y2J. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. All right, guys, let's talk... About WrestleMania last week, we talked about night one, which we are just a few hours away from. Tonight, we're going to talk about night two, and I am going to go match by match, but we're going to do it pretty quickly. I'm going to get it, get us through it fast, okay? Let's start off with uh, the Nyash and Shayna tag team match. First thing I want to ask you guys: Are the people that they're facing anybody that's already announced, or is there a secret team being added? I don't think there's a secret team, only because. They don't seem to have that much of an interest in these titles in the first place, so I don't think there's any secrets there. Fair, Greg. Yeah, I I feel the same way. The only team, the only team that I thought may have have been, they've gone a completely different route, and that would have been Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. And who do you guys expect to actually be facing them? I, it's a toss up between 
uh, Carmella and Billy Kay or Riot Squad for me. Uh, I am hoping for this team to get there, so I'm just going to use them, and it's Tamina and Natalia. Yeah, I am so. Bu- I want Tamina and Natalia to just keep going forward with this push, right? Like, and I want them to win too. Me too. Me too. There's somebody with a. They both have a, a long record of losses, especially recently, and the sudden resurgence has been a lot of fun. And I would love for them to just keep moving forward. With that don't take any steps. Back. I can't. I can't take any more weeks of Shayna getting rolled up as a tag team champion. Very it's, fair. It's very time fair. to move on. Uh, let's talk about Matt Riddle versus Sheamus for the United States Championship, Blake. Yeah, this this match should feel more important. Sheamus really felt like a strong competitor. And well, let's 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 get this part out of the way because I think a lot of matches look like this where the build the builds for a lot of the it's matches not as great. You're right. Yeah, we know that the individual wrestlers in these matches are going to deliver, and that's where the excitement for WrestleMania comes from. But you're right, a lot of the build for a lot of the matches just aren't there this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Sheamus, Sheamus was really in a good place like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And then he was just he just kept getting beat on. And for Riddle, I think this match would feel more important. Like Sheamus could recover, but Riddle just hasn't had the wins. I mean, even the way he won the title, he never pinned Lashley, which right. I think was the right move. I understand that. But he never got any important wins after that. I think the only two people he's beaten are Ali and there's somebody else that's just not a top of mind for me right now, but it's not an important win, to say the least. So, yeah, it, and, and I think Sheamus wins this. I, I'd rather see Riddle win and him get a decent push with this title, but I think Sheamus is going to get it. Riddle has had had a better debut run than he has had a run as the U.S. champion. It's, like Blake said, he's beaten, like, two guys. And it, what... What takes me out of this one is we've all talked about it, and it's the you gotta imagine. And Seamus beat Riddle, so you gotta imagine he he was in line for the title. And here it is. That's a good point. And here it is. He's got that title shot, and they should just make that a a match type at this point. The you gotta gotta imagine. (laughs) It's not necessarily a contendership match, but you gotta imagine. but I do want to that say this this match will probably deliver. Oh, I think it will because the first match I think did. But again, that's one of those situations like look at Sheamus and and uh, McIntyre. And then Sheamus and McIntyre. And then Sheamus and McIntyre. Yeah. So that's, that's the only issue I have. I think these two can definitely deliver in a big way if given the opportunity. Because a lot of the best matches from Matt Riddle are the ones where he's just going all in and everything looks so brutal and Sheamus is the guy to match that energy. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm excited for Riddle to have a Mania match. I do wish he had a better build, but at least he is going in with a mid-card championship and Sheamus is a really good competitor to have at Mania. I'm glad Sheamus is back on Mania. Yeah, that's a good point. Up next, we got Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I'll be honest, I am not one of those guys that gets excited for this match again. uh, I'm a little unnerved that they're doing it again because I'm pretty sure we we did the match so many times that I believe we actually got to a point where WWE specifically said last time ever and we're doing it again at WrestleMania this is another situation where I can't be mad I don't feel any ill will towards the match because I know that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are absolutely living a childhood dream and getting to compete with one another at WrestleMania. So it's hard not to be happy for them. What do you guys expect from this match? That's that's exactly what I was thinking because the when we got it originally, we never we didn't get it at Mania, right? No, I didn't think so. It's never been there. So for me, 
I I I thought about it originally and went, ah, fuck, I love both these guys, but I don't love this match. Then I thought about it and I was like, okay, this would be like Edge versus Christian at WrestleMania. Two best friends living their absolute dream going against each other on the biggest stage. Something that they had to have pretended they were doing as kids or whenever they met, like talked about anything. And here it is, it's happening. Like there's so many routes WWE can go with either one of these wrestlers and they chose, let's have these two best friends have a match together. So for that that reason, thinking of it that way and not reading into the match itself as far as the storyline, I like it. I like it. All right, Blake, what's this guy's name? Logan Paul? Logan Paul, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about his involvement in the match? Does it take anything, add anything? It doesn't take or add anything. It's just kind of he's there. But my excitement level for this match is higher than most. And I think that's just my love for Kevin Owens, which started at NXT and started with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And... While I agree, Were you watching the night when Sammy won and Kevin yes, came out, yes, so Great that th- from that night on, I loved Kevin Owens, and that's what started it. That night, like that immediate thrust to the NXT yep. Championship, a star was born on night one, and I knew to take him seriously. But it's it's something that we have seen before. It's been a while, and because of that, and the fact that it's never been on Mania. My excitement level is higher, and it goes along with the thinking of Greg, whereas I know deep down they have to be loving the fact that they have a spot in Mania together. I'm a little sad for Kevin because he was he was really in a prominent role, once again, right before Mania, and he was taken out of it, but I'm at least glad that he got a match with somebody who's really close to him that I'm sure he's super comfortable with, and I think they're going to put on a great match. See, I think, I think if you were to ask Kevin... Given what he just went through with Roman, I think he'd be perfectly fine with where he's at right now, being that this is the match he gets. Like, yeah, I do to, too. Because yeah. to me, let's be honest, to me, if that were me in that position, I I almost would feel like having a match against someone I grew up with who, who's been my best friend for God knows how long would mean more to me than having a title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And for me, I would I would love to see them as a tag team. So I don't know if there's a way that we can get out was, of this match I with that result. Exactly. Like that. maybe Sammy think? wins and really shows the conspiracy. Like like perhaps the conspiracy calls Kevin and Sammy's like, I told you the whole time and we can we'll see. We'll see. I would love to see that. You just made me think of some random shit. That whole they don't think there's a conspiracy thing and Logan's brother Jake is there too, and they do something and that's when Kevin Owens goes, Wait a minute, there was something against you here. I don't want them to turn that into a tag team match, but I could see that being somehow. Because what is what is Logan, Logan, Logan or Jake? Which one's there? Logan is, but I, I don't know if what they have a real connection. It could be just a mania getting a celebrity He's, there. We don't know. Like, is, is he going to be a ref? Is he going to be an enforcer? What What is his purpose there? I think it's just, no just hanging out at ringside. That's dumb. All right, let, let me go ahead. let's move forward. <laughs> uh, Big E versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian there. drum fight. First thing I'm curious about is, is there anything special about this match, or is it just another name for a street fight? It's probably just another name for a street fight, and also don't care. <laughs> Blake, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I do think it's just another name for a street fight. Man, it sucks, because I was really pumped for Apollo, and they just lost me with this whole feud. Big E has lost me. He's at the barber shop. So, do you want to know what <laughs> lost me on Big E? 
did you guys see the Snickers commercial? Yeah. That that right there was like, okay, if we're supposed to be taking this guy serious, why do we have this commercial of him acting like... Well, not only that... He can still do a commercial yeah, and be serious. That. I get that, but you have him being his silly self after you're trying to show me that he should be taken more seriously. Well, I think that's, that's the problem. He's always his silly yeah. self. Greg, his last promo before Mania was him at the barber shop. Talking about I need to come to the barber shop to get ready for that. That doesn't... That doesn't show we'll anything talk, serious. What do, you, what do you do? What do you do for therapy? What do you do for self therapy to clear your mind and stuff like that? Not go to the barber. What is that any different than what he's doing with the we'll, barber shop? We'll talk That's about it. the yeah. barber shop later on today. Spoiler alert: like, <laughs> We do not feel the same way about the barber shop. I actually enjoyed that. I I just um, I I feel like I won't have a rant or a rave for that. But my attachment to it is that, once again, it wasn't enough for me to take him serious. That. That's where I'm at with it. I haven't had a promo from Big E that has made me go, wow, he's changed. And this, this situation has really warranted that, because Apollo has done some grimy stuff, repeatedly, yeah. back to back. So you would think that if anybody was going to bring it out of him, it had been this situation here. Apollo fucking hits him with the steel, and then Big E shows up next week with a TV dinner. I mean... And he's like, oh, I'm so upset. And he's lounging back in his chair. Like, no, you're not showing me that. Um, uh, Apollo's got to win. Apollo has to win. Big E cannot win this. Uh, the Inter- Intercontinental belt on Big E has not worked. Big E needs some work, personally. And Apollo, I'd like to see him have a run with it and see what happens. Maybe he can fix that accent for Greg. Please, for the love of God. You get the steel. Randy Orton versus The Fiend in what so far I believe is still just being billed as a traditional wrestling match, which is a, a surprise to me. Let's start there. Do you guys expect this to have a stipulation or be pre-filmed or anything like that, or are they just going to do a, a traditional one-on-one match? This is hard to say because I feel like they probably had one direction, and then when they realized they could have fans live, they can do stuff like that. I don't know how far into the cinematics they want to get. But it's also one of those situations where it's like, this is a match with The Fiend. Something is going to happen. There's going to be some shit that goes on in this match. How they pull it off, I don't know. Please, for the love of God, don't give me the Bray Wyatt shit where there's just worms crawling around on the ring on a video projector. Do something different. But I, it's hard to believe that this is just a singles match right now. I don't think... it. I don't think it's a good idea for it just to be a singles match. And I and that's coming from somebody who will take a singles match. It's been invested in the feud from the start. But to me, WrestleMania is is the end of the feud for most. It should be. That's how it should be. You've had this extremely long term feud. Mania it's a rematch on Monday is, Night Raw. That's why that's why I said that. If that's how it <laughs> we want it to be that Mania is the end of the feud, right? Especially for such a long feud. You have to end it with a bang. Whether that's in a hell in a cell, whether that's... I mean, they've already done crazy matches already. You can't go from that to singles. You have to have something that's big at the end. I don't care if it's buried alive. Oh, that's the first thing Casket, that came hell in a cell. Like You have to have something there. And it's interesting to me that they didn't go that route. I don't think they're going to because we would know about it by now. I still think it's going to be a good match. I do think that was a mistake, though. They really could have added to the intrigue by making this a special match because, hell, that's what they've done leading up to it. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Another unfortunate um, victim to the WrestleMania build this year. 
probably one of the worst. It's been trash. And again, Rhea versus Asuka, like you can expect only good things from the two of them in the ring together. It's just a shame there's not enough emotional investment in it right now. Where are you guys at on this one? Don't care. Don't care. That's where I'm at. Don't care. Uh, Asuka's run as women's champion over the last year hasn't been the best either. Like, there hasn't really been much to it. So, again, like you said, it sucks because, you know, Charlotte getting COVID, stuff like that. But, I mean, they threw Rhea into the fire, and it just does not look good. Like, I don't know if they're trying to make Rhea look good or Asuka look good here. Well, apparently, Charlotte has COVID. That was our that was our that build. Was, that, that, was was our, that, that's, that was our that was our that's that was our build. Heard. I'm not Australian by any means, and I I will not act not? like I'm no, and the I will fuck? not act like You're I am. Probably Australian by one or two means. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe one. I'll, I'll give you one. You know, Australia doesn't exist. This, okay, great. <laughs> this this match sucks. I'm sorry. I know I normally have something to add, and and there's something I'll find positive about it. I feel bad for for Rhea at this point. I really do, because if she wins that belt, I do not care. Yeah. And that sucks because that it should not be that way. And that's such a big moment for somebody early in their career. And I I think it's gonna actually put her off to a bad start. Um and Oscar winning I feel nothing for. So I'm in a position where it's lose lose either way. Yeah, it's like if Rhea wins, it's like well, you just came out of nowhere after losing all this time and this is your first shot at it and you win it, then for Oscar, you just beat somebody who hasn't won in how long? So it doesn't. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't look good for either. And and the the lies that they told me to get here that Rhea is this dominant force and they didn't tell the real story. The real story was better. It would have been better to have a lead up to to Rhea overcoming these obstacles that she's faced since WrestleMania last year and her loss, and having that huge moment. Instead, you lied to me. You told me that she has been a dominant force. I know the truth. I watch NXT. I watched Mania last the year. NXT Women's Champion killed her. Yes. Like- <laughs> I and and now you you've taken that moment away and you've made it meaningless. All right, guys. The one match on the card that Greg does care about. Edge versus... Thank God. I care about all but, what, one and a half matches. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these you said I don't care pretty quick. Greg was like, I'm at a, I'm at a 10 for hype. How you feel about this match, Greg? I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> I'm, I'm at hype because I know they're going to deliver. The, I go by what storylines I'm giving and stuff, too. I don't care. The builds, no. The builds idea. have not and been great. Me, I've said it a lot, especially with AEW. It's, if the storyline isn't interesting to me, I'm not... I could care less about the match, but I'm still, it's mania. I know I'm going to, something's going to deliver. Yeah, we're putting you on the spot, but the builds have not been as good as they should have been. No, not at all. But sorry, go ahead, Roy. <laughs> but this right. one has. Night two of WrestleMania, the main event, a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Edge versus Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. The best told story, perhaps, going into WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah, I don't care about it. You don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you get started? Because I'm sure. Oh, my God, dude. Every Friday, I fight with myself as to who I would like to see win this. I I fight with myself as to would I be okay if Edge loses? Would I be okay if Roman Reigns retains? Like every week it's an internal battle to me. And I've come to this conclusion. As long as Roman Reigns loses. Just because I feel we're at a point where you just built two superstars up higher than your champion. If Roman Reigns wins this match, that is going to probably be my only disappointment. I don't know that I would be 
truly disappointed because I still think he's going to do it in Roman Reigns fashion. But I think with the storyline, and, and we'll get into it with this past week's episode of SmackDown, if you're going to build up Edge and Brian the way that you are, one of them has to win this match. And as much as I love Edge, I'm fine with either one of them winning. We're in the exact same boat. Uh, the only way that I feel disappointment is if Roman retains, which is crazy because start, you know, the start of all this, I was super behind Roman. I thought that I would be going into WrestleMania. I feel like Daniel and Edge, their characters on screen, have both truly They've evolved so much. And Roman is the same thing, like where he keeps telling me that he's dominant, he's going to beat everybody's ass, and that worked at a point because there were how many years of me watching Roman do exactly that and hating it. Uh, but it was always it was always true. Now he starts saying it. He says he's going to do it, and he never does. He's always weaseling out of something, which has just stripped him of what made him most interesting. At first, he was this dominant guy that knew he was dominant and that he was going to overcome every situation as he had his whole career. Now he's the guy that barely gets by and talks shit every week, and that's gotten a little old for me. Where are you at on this main event, Blake? As probably the guy that would be happiest for Roman Reigns. I I have had enough of you dreamers over here. All right? Roman Reigns, since SummerSlam, has taken this belt and elevated it to the main event to where this is the exact match that you want to see. doesn't matter if it's night one, night two. This is the match. This is the one everybody wants to see, and it is because of Roman Reigns. Edge and Daniel Bryan, where... They are fantastic. I love both. But without Roman Reigns, this match is not Please what it is. Please explain to me, during this whole storyline, what part of you truly is behind Roman Reigns in any of this? Ro- he has literally been the shittiest part of this whole storyline. I completely and he's disagree. The champion. <laughs> he and said, he's, I completely and disagree. And he's the champion. Name one good thing he's done in this storyline so far. Roman, Name one good thing he's said. You gotta let him try. Roman Reigns Man. doesn't have to prove himself to you well, that's nor the thing. Well, me. Because he's, he hasn't been proving himself. He is carrying this company, Greg. He is putting food on your table I will and Roy's table. I will go as far as to say... That Roman can't win without Jay, and Jay can win without Roman. That is extremely disrespectful because we all know that Jay cannot win, period. What did he do last night? That does he not matter. He's the Andre the Giant Memorial, however many words battle royal this damn thing is. That trophy Dinner. is trash, and we know I it. Gotta, I gotta agree with Blake there. <laughs> okay. Even when Jay went over to the trophy and he said, Add my name! I'm looking at the list of names like, oh. It's like <laughs> yeah. Mojo Raleigh. Matt, uh, Matt's boy, he's not even there anymore. Um... Who else was on there? Corbin. Corbin. It wasn't a great list. Cesaro, obviously. Wouldn't it have Cesaro. been so much better if he looked at the names? He's like, matter of fact, don't add yeah, my yeah. name. He said, no, no, no. I want this. <laughs> don't worry about it. Kayfabe aside, Edge and Daniel with the character shifts, they're going to feel the way that they feel. Not all, I mean, they're great. They're great performers. They're great characters. They have nailed their roles, and they're in new roles Roman is in a role that is starting to stale a little bit because we have seen it for so long. I do think whether he wins or he loses, we do need to develop some new kinks in the character, add some stuff to it, some depth, because I would love to see Roman and Rock next year. And I don't want this to completely stale out. A year is a long time, and we're already half a year in. But for me, I'm at, 
I'm absolutely 100% okay with either result. However, I do think the better result is either Daniel Bryan or Edge winning the match. Roman will, of course, have his time, get the belt back, and I think that goes along with the thought process of him and Rock next year. That's how you rebuild the character. You yes. have him lose tomorrow. Well, you can you can rebuild it without a loss, but you it's going to be harder. But it would be better if he loses it to come out and start doing the things he says he's going to do or something something to, to, to get behind his character again because... Like we've all said, it's staling on us. Yeah. Right, let's close it out with official predictions on the triple threat. Who do you guys think walks oh away with the belt? I have no idea. I It was Edge. It was always Edge. And then now it's like, shit, is it Daniel Bryan? I'm thinking Edge. I think it's Edge. But Daniel is just... Daniel's made it's a Daniel, great man. But I, I just, I don't see it this time. I think it's all about about Edge. It's always been about Edge. He was the one that run, won the Rumble, not Daniel Bryan. And I think it... This is all to get that belt back on edge, but Daniel Bryan's getting that belt at sometime soon. I really feel that it's just not, it's not going to be night two. So I'm going to put this on the table real quick. Okay. I'm going to let you know who I feel is going to win it. I'm going to let you know who I think should win it. Okay. I think edge is winning. Okay. Daniel Bryan should win this match. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. Daniel Bryan should win this match. This isn't as controversial a take as you think. This is exactly yeah. what I would expect I'm, you to say. I'm saying, you know how I am with edge. But I think he wins it, but I think Daniel Bryan should be the winner out of these three. See, I actually disagree. I think Edge should be the winner here. I think I think Daniel will be able to recover. Edge it would be a little harder for me because he went through all that. He was number one in the Rumble. Like That commitment, you got to have him win this belt at Mania. It's Edge. He is going to stay relevant. Daniel Bryan loses this, and Daniel Bryan is gone again for a while. I don't think so. I, I think, do. I think Edge wins this, and we get Edge and Daniel Bryan. See, I could see it being the other way. I could see Daniel pinning Edge and Edge going forward against Brian. They could make that work as well. That's that's where my thought process but, was. But my thought is, you did all this for Edge. You had him win at number one. You got to you got to capitalize. Brian up better though. Like, they, yeah, I, 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 yeah. They're both looking real yeah. good. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> all right, let's head over to the weekly rant and raves. We got five rounds coming at you guys. The order this week is Erbiga. That's Roy Blake. Greg, we spent a lot of time talking about WrestleMania and the fact that WrestleMania has fans in attendance once again. And I just want to point out the fact that Rant and Rave Wrestling also has fans in attendance once again. Now, they may be trying to leave at the moment, it looks like, but say hello, fans. Hello. (laughs) Hello, fans. That's what I was expecting him to say. All right, so we had a little bit of miscommunication this week, or I guess I should say complete lack of communication (laughs) each of us assumed something completely different for how we were going to be scoring this week greg i think scored both nights of nxt as one show blake put him as two different shows i didn't score night two at all whatsoever um but i ended up going over it and fixing that so we are going to have five shows competing tonight that's raw smackdown nxt night one nxt night two and of course aew and aew is really like Backed in a corner here. It's up against four other WWE shows. All right. I'm going to go first. Uh, My my number one surprise to nobody for the week. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa on night one of NXT. Uh, I realized that I, I was maybe the only person in the world concerned that Walter could lose here. As I was reading more online and talking to some friends, a lot of them were like, this is a guaranteed win for Walter. And I don't know if it was just the emotional investment in it or what it was, but 
I was terrified that I was going to have to watch Walter lose. Um, these two men put on a match. It just, I mean, five-star, like S-tier. It was a great match. Um, Walter, he takes these moves that big guys have used since the beginning of time, and he makes them look brutal again. The big boot, the power bomb, a simple chop. Every a, a lot of his moves are just absolutely devastating. Greg, you look like you have something to say. It, it, it's funny that you brought up those exact moves. So, um, I was talking to our buddy CJ about the match, and I had made a comment that I would have rather taken the power bomb from Walter than any of those fucking chops. <laughs> any of those chops, and that power bomb still looks brutal. Um, I also I really love the finish. I love that Walter had gotten some good finishers. Champa, he's he's been wrestling for so long. He's been some of the some of the most dangerous matches in NXT. He has tons of resilience. So he, he kicks out on pure adrenaline. It doesn't take much to just put him back down. You could tell he that was it. He was he was gassed. And uh, Walter hit him with the chop, got the three count. I love that. And did you guys please tell me, please tell me you didn't fast forward commercial. Please tell me you saw this. No, because if you watch on Peacock, you don't have to watch commercials. Okay, I think I, that was the one I, yeah, that was the one I watched on cable. What did you watch on, Blake? You didn't see commercials? No, for night one, yes, I did. Okay, there was a point where we went to the picture-in-picture, and Tommaso Ciampa hit the ropes, and he came back to Walter to try and hit him with a clothesline. Did they show you that on the Peacock version? Yeah, so, so here's how Peacock works. When it goes to commercial on the other, they literally say, we're going to commercial on USA Network. And then they go, like, the commentary goes silent and the match continues. Okay. So it's like watching a pay-per-view just without the commentary for a couple seconds. So picture in picture, obviously, you know how that works. You're hearing the audio from the commercial. You're seeing the commercial. And in the little box, you're seeing the match. Tommaso Ciampa Ciampa hits the ropes, tries to knock Walter over. It doesn't work. He hits the rope. Doesn't work. He hits the rope. Doesn't work. Hits the rope. It doesn't work. By now, you've caught on to what's going on. They spent this entire commercial break. Blake, I want to say it was about three minutes straight. Tomasa hit the ropes, tried to knock Walter over, couldn't get it done. He just kept coming at him. So they showed the whole thing on that and, break? And, and if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, that's the one that ended with the last time he tried it, Walter just big booted the shit out of him. It was incredible. It was yeah. one of the best spots I've seen. And I do remember seeing that. And I, I remember going, what the hell is happening? I it even was. loved it being on picture in picture because it just added to the humor of the situation. I was I had the remote in my hand ready to fast forward past the commercial when he had hit the third one, and I kind of called on to what we were going for here, and I'm like, okay. Ended up watching the whole commercial break because of it, so good job on them for that. And that's my number one. Yeah, that's a fitting number one. You did miss one thing, though, uh, that? and that was the standout for me, and that's Walter chopping a massive hole in the oh, announce yep. table. Yep. was right something that I've never seen before, and I loved that so much, and it really told a story throughout the match because then Walter was pretty much lost access to his hand. Love this man. How many times have we seen a 300-pound man slammed onto that table and bounce right off of that thing, and Walter snapped it in half? I don't know if this was set up to happen, but it, it, it was believable, and it looked like it hurt like a bitch. Yeah, it, it was a really cool spot. Yeah. I'm also going to rave, and I'm going with NXT Night 1 as well, and I'm giving it to Raquel Gonzalez defeating Io Shirai. I was... With the belief that they needed to do this for Raquel, it was time to move on from Io. She had defeated everybody. There was nobody left but Raquel. And I feel like a star has been born in another 
you know, in the NXT women's division, another star, and they needed that. Raquel feels really important to me right now. Uh, honestly, she could have got this belt two months ago. As soon as she beat Rhea in that in that match, that was like the moment right there. It was like, okay, she's next, and they need to take advantage of it. I had fun with the match. I think they both obviously looked great, and I'm looking forward to this reign for Raquel. All right, my number one. Hey, not surprising we're talking about NXT here, so mine's going to go ahead and go tonight too then. It's going to be Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Holy shit is all I have to say about this damn match. How O'Reilly wasn't dead like a half an hour before the match even ended is beyond me. There was so much stuff that happened in this match that I couldn't even tell you everything. <laughs> um, oh, like It was weird to me at first, but then it made sense once O'Reilly went through the stage and then Adam Cole starts kicking the wall in. I'm like, what? Why, why wouldn't you just pull him up from the thing? Because he's laying right there, so you're kicking all that shit into him. Like that that was like creative to me. Like I thought that was a pretty cool spot. The just everything about it, my only downfall, my my only downfall is after all this, he took a knee shot to the back, and that's what to pretty much ended it. Like I know his face hit the chair and all, but there was so much more shit that happened in this match that should have ended it, and that's how it ended was my only downfall. But the match itself was so fucking good. I can't I can't even take that as as making this a bad ending at all. I actually um, like that spot. I thought o, it was, it was pretty cool. O'Reilly not only needed this win, but Jesus Christ, they did elevate him. It it a win over Cole like that after you got your ass destroyed destroyed you said you were going to take whatever it took and you did the part where he you're like this is over it's absolutely over and he literally it just looks like he breathes and his like shoulder barely lifts off like just little moments like that are like this this guy deserves this does the referee spot take away from it at all for either of you guys no it does for me a little bit because it, it's their way of saying Adam could have got yeah, the win. Yeah, don't worry. Adam Cole is definitely yeah, the winner and, here. And I, I'm not a huge fan of that. So for me, it would have if it was an accident. But Adam going off on the ref. it was Adam's own call. It was his. He's the one who did it. It's not like O'Reilly ducked a chair shot or anything. Cole went after the ref. So for me, it's like, okay, Cole caused his own you know defeat in that in that moment. Yes, he, he could have won. But if it was an accidental thing... I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, this this match brought a lot of questions for me. This was next on my rave list. The only reason why it wasn't higher than Raquel, um, I I felt like that take took away a little bit that spot because the crowd chanting to eight of him on a cover with Kyle kind of sucked. I didn't need to see that. Uh, I do have a question for you guys though. It's obviously you specifically. Was this match a little too long for you? So. At a point, it was. I know that's a weird complaint, but it's at, a, it's something I'm considering. At a point, it was. And then it got to about a half an hour long, and I'm like, these guys have literally put themselves through absolute hell that it got me on the edge of my seat of, like, what is actually going to end this? So there was a point where I was just like, it started to get to a point where I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit. Where after a while, I was like, okay... It's going to end soon. It's going to end soon. And it was more and more like, what the hell else are they going to kick out of? What the hell else are they going to pull off? Like different stuff like that. So, um, yes. And then they won me back. For me, where it got long was there. I felt like there was a lot of Adam Cole just beating his ass for so 
long. Like, it didn't feel, it didn't, I don't know, man. I lo- I did love the match, and I, I feel bad to say anything negative, because I, too often I come on here and I'm like, oh, that was great, but, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I did just feel like it was a little too long of Adam beating on Kyle. I would have liked to have seen some more offense from Kyle. Uh, yes, it was... It just made me question, like, what is the better scenario, especially for a match like this with so much at stake between the two? Is it better to just have that 30-minute match with just high impact throughout the 30 minutes or have something where this was, I mean, this was closer to 45 minutes, this match, and you're kind of telling the story throughout, which obviously with Cole beating his ass, they wanted to tell us, like, Kyle is going to go through whatever it takes, and I get that. It was just something I considered at the end of the match. I do want to comment overall on the pacing of the two nights for NXT. I was very concerned with the format that we wouldn't get really the traditional kind of takeover matches that we're used to. And I think for the most part, they did really good with their pacing, Uh, especially Walter and Tommaso. Like the first surprises, I'm going to keep coming back to that. But that was one of the ones where I'm like, once I realized, all right, this is just a regular two hour NXT show. How much am I really going to get out of Walter and Tomasa here? And I felt like they really made sure to give time where time was needed. Uh, that's that's going to take it back to me on round two. And I'm going to give it a rave to Friday Night Smackdown with Edge and his promo. Edge this week addressed his critics directly, of which I've been one of his biggest critics He talks about winning the Rumble. He talks about this. I never walked away from this. I didn't build a career off of this. This was taken away from me. And you know what? I owe Edge an apology. He has every right to this WrestleMania main event and this championship as Daniel Bryan. Uh, Like I said, I've been one of his biggest critics. I feel like he addressed me almost specifically with this promo. And I am completely okay with an Edge win come WrestleMania now. Yeah, I... um. I don't have much more to say about than what you did, but I, I love so much of the edge that they are finally giving us since he got back. Uh, I'm just loving it so much. That's interesting because my next one, I had combined all three promos okay. because I was selfish. So I feel it's only right that I pick one, and I don't know who I want to pick between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Pick the right one. I'm gonna, no, what I'm going to do is, because I know Greg would like to talk about Daniel Bryan, I also enjoyed the Roman Reigns promo, so I will talk Good, about that one. Oh. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Ray. I told you to pick the right one. I did, because all three of these promos were brilliant. Each person stated their case. Again, this is a this is an exact image of what we were talking about. The Edge and Daniel Bryan promos are going to come off a certain way because they are new characters. Roman has nothing to prove with this promo, or really to prove in general. He is the champion. He is the breadwinner in this situation. He he acknowledges some of the things without really pointing everything out, because again, he does not need to prove himself. I enjoyed his promo. I love Daniel's as well, which I hope you do touch on, because it was really good. But I wanted to touch on Roman, because I knew that you would talk about Daniel. I didn't know that you had negative feelings towards this. But I really enjoyed Roman's promo as well. I think it was really well done. He talks about how he's the golden hand in WWE. Everything that he touched turns to gold, which we know WWE views him in that light because it's Roman Reigns. He's always in this position for WrestleMania. He is the guy right now, and there's no denying that. There were a few things he said about Jay that I disagree with um, because at the end of the day, I do think he's carried Jay to this position of being in a prominent role. 
But Jay also isn't winning enough to really state that fact. And winning the battle, whatever the thing is, isn't a big win, in my opinion. It's so hard for you guys. It's the Andre the Giant, Giant Battle, battle exactly. Royal Memorial. Battle no. Royale Giant Battle Royal. There you go. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's not that hard. Sure. Didn't sound it's like it at all. Did not. Yeah. Didn't sound like it at all. So, so if that's your defense, I understand where you're coming from with that. But ultimately, the things that he was saying about his standing in WWE, um, I, I felt that that was true. I enjoyed that he didn't come out trying to defend himself. It was just all about look. This is my place in the company. This is why I'm going to win. I'm sick of these dreamers. I am the guy. They're only here because of me, and this is where it ends, and I liked that. Okay, so here's why it's a rant on my side for exactly what you just said. You know why? Because that's the same promo we heard about Kevin Owens. That's the same promo we have heard for everybody he has faced for the title. He has no other promo, and that's why it's making him look bad, because he's he's not doing enough to make me truly believe that. I don't care if this was a one-on-one or a triple threat. Roman Reigns, I don't think, is walking out as champion. So nothing behind what he says has me believing him anymore. Nothing. And it's the same promo every time. It's just annoying. Especially when you're in a situation where this is the time that you're going to lose it, which makes it even less believable. The Kevin Owens stuff I could get down with because he did keep kicking Kevin Owens' ass. I don't I don't see a, a, a situation where he walks out as champion here. I just don't. So this promo did nothing. Like you said, he mentions Jey Uso basically being top of the chain. Jey Uso has won one match in the last three months. Main event Jey Uso. And it was the worst possible match he could have fucking won. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I agree there. There's just... Honestly, at times, Roman can be really good on a mic, and at times he can be absolute garbage. And he... I almost got a sense of, like, he didn't even feel comfortable enough cutting the promo he did. Mm, I disagree with that. I definitely disagree with that. I didn't feel confident there. You got to be in his shoes, Greg, with the fact that he has showed up and won. That was his thing, show up and win. I get that. That promo. And he's done it every time. Now, your your point to where, well, I don't think he's going to win this week. He can't really cut a promo and be like, well, guys, there's a good chance I might lose. You know? So he has to to stick with that. What I'm saying is, is that... We talked about it earlier, the show up and win, the show up and win thing. It's like, yeah, you did, but how many of these has he won by himself? Yeah, and that goes to the hill That's the part that really gets to me is like, stop saying you are the head of the table. You are the guy. You show up and win when nine times out of ten someone else is showing up to win for you. Like, you're, you're getting help this whole time, and I'm just, that's why this character needs a change. Like, I don't believe anything he says anymore. I think you'll get it. I think you're going to get it. But I I do think the things that he said in this promo, mainly about just his status in WWE, and I love that he called them out as dreamers because that's what they are right now. They they have this ultimate dream to win a title, and he's basically telling them that's not going to happen. You've reached the pinnacle. Enjoy your spot in WrestleMania with me. That's it. All right, so I went into this week not wanting to pick a fight with anybody. Nah, it's cool either um, way. I told you, like, plant your hands on your face. Like, why am I judging this? Yeah, so I wouldn't have went. I had no plans on going against you, Blake. It is a rant, though. Um, and actually, for the reasons that Greg touched on, uh, I'm going to start with your argument a little bit. I know you keep uh, you put a little bit of focus on the Daniel Bryan and the Edge and the change in their character. 
And I completely understand why you bring that up because it's easy for these guys to stand out when they're evolving their character versus a guy that's trying to maintain a character. Of course, you're going to, uh, you know, that's going to be a little bit more compelling, right? So where Roman lost me is exactly kind of the same stuff as Greg. I'm listening to him say this. This character, he's the same character for so long. I think Roman needs a change. Uh, and this could have been maybe an opportunity for it, or maybe it's after WrestleMania, I don't know. But what we got Friday was the same exact promo I've seen from Roman since the debut of the character. And more often than not, he's needed help to win. So this show up and win thing, it doesn't have the same impact as it did day one. And I think I you keep bringing up specifically the Dreamers quote too. That was, a, my that was a great part of it. Um, the dreamers promo. Yeah, that, that part was good, but overall it was a rant for me because it's just, it's the same stuff and it's exactly why I'm staling on Roman. Yeah. And honestly, out of the three promos, it was the, the least best of the three. Uh, I picked it because I wanted to leave Daniel to you. Edges is really good, but I did enjoy it. I think he, he, like you said, he's in a tough position because he's, he's competing with two people who have this shift in character. And it's almost like we've been, like, let's hope we love video games, right? It's almost like having a brand new video game that came out two weeks ago and comparing it to a game we've been playing for the last six months. Of course, you're going to have more excitement for that brand new video game. It's fresh. Uh, but I get where you guys are. You don't like Roman Reigns. Um, I hope he wins it's now, despite you two. Like <laughs> you want to you want to shift in the character, right? Yeah, like, it's WrestleMania. I say that in kayfabe. I feel like he should he should be adapting to his opponents if that's the guy that he says he is, and I don't see that happening. Anyway, I am going to give it back to SmackDown with Daniel Daniel yeah. Bryan's. Promo, I figured I'd leave it to you. Which I it was so hard for me, and I'm I'm glad that you took Edge first because. If this has got if this has got to me, if this was my next one, regardless whether it was Edge or Daniel, and I didn't know who I was going to choose to be honest. Um, but Daniel's promo in the beginning of the night, it's it's almost sad that this was a go home show, and all that we really got were these three guys' promos out of the night because this would have been the best thing to start off SmackDown. It was such a great promo talking about. Just not not just his WWE career, just his whole life. You're too small. You're too this. Being told no the whole time, and back back when the yes movement started and all, we we had a feel for why he did it. But like he goes real in depth as to how this came about from six seven years ago. You got this guy who had just been told no his whole life. No, you're you're never gonna you know be a wrestler. No, this and that. You know, to finally be told, okay, yes, you're a wrestler. Yes, you can do this. He said, if I could be champion, um, uh, Randy Orton would say no. Batista would say no. Edge would say no. And Roman Reigns would say no. But Randy Orton and Batista have to say yes now because of what happened during that WrestleMania. Being told that he can't be a top guy, then he was told, yes, he can be. Because he proved it. Being told, no, you can't be in this in this match. You can't go for the title right now. No, you can't have you know your match night one or however they were saying it. And that Pierce was like, no, you had it. You lost. You're not getting this match. To yes, you are getting this match. Like just the whole full circle that it came for how his career and this movement that he created that became easily one of the biggest things in WWE history. Like. Daniel Bryan's going to be long gone, and there's still going to be people saying yes. 
And just like there's going to be people saying what or, you know, stuff like that. So it's it was a full circle. The energy that he is bringing to this match is what makes it so believable. You've got you've got the fire of Daniel Bryan from six years ago mixed with this like new fire of I get I get using that this could be my last mania thing is that doesn't sit a hundred percent with me, but adding that fire to the fire you had for that title six years ago makes Daniel Bryan seem like he can walk out of this as the champion. There's there's nobody in this match that I can 100% say is the winner. Nobody. Um so that that's the best part about this match. But I think right now out of all three, I feel like Daniel Bryan has the biggest advantage as far as the promos go and the way that he's saying that he's going about it. Ed, yeah, Edge earned it. This was guaranteed for Edge. This wasn't guaranteed for Bryan until 2 weeks ago. So Everything that Brian has done, he literally fought to be in Mania and get to Mania within three weeks of Mania. So I, I think Brian has a bigger fire set on him, and it showed in his promo on uh, Friday night. I was about to say Sunday night. That's weird. There's so much wrestling this He's week. Got, I don't even know what day it is. It was a great promo. He's still a B-plus player, Greg, but, you know. No. <laughs> Something I thought was kind of fun over the last week, uh, Mark Henry talked about he said he had to lie to, to everybody's face to get them to even About pay attention to Daniel Bryan. He told them all that he was he was telling people that Daniel was six foot one, and then when they were seeing him, he just went, "Oh, I guess he had lifts in his shoes." But he had to lie just to get people to look at him. All right, round three. Uh, it's going to be a rave for Friday Night SmackDown, and it goes to main event USO getting the win in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And even though that the Battle Royal doesn't really hold much place in my heart uh jay uso does and him getting the win and acknowledgement in any form is enough to put a smile on my face okay <laughs> i'm not gonna challenge it because i i like jay uso too i it's and not I'm, a big I'm, I'm, in Us- I'm in my uso shirt too. it's not a big accomplishment we've already established right. that it's but i guess it day. is an accomplishment here's the thing if jay uso had been winning his matches up until this point I would say that this almost would have put the this match, this the the trophy for the Andre the Giant, I, that would have kind of escalated it, I think. Yeah. Having somebody that actually, you know, because it feels like the person who wins it, ha, ha, they've never really been relevant as yeah. far, you know what I mean? Like, it would have helped the Roman promo, too. It would have. It really would Because you would have felt that I think I would have felt a little different towards it, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to rave as well, and I'm giving it to AEW. And it's going to Chris Jericho shitting on MJF and the Pinnacle. The this promo, this was this was some classic Chris Jericho shit here. Bearded Jericho, man. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with this. We haven't seen Jericho in this role. He's been more of a heel pretty much since the start of AW. We're transitioning to a face role with this group, and I'm loving it. Uh, he he calls out the scarf gimmick. He tells him to grab a clipboard with a list if he wants to keep taking his old gimmicks. He said that was so five years ago. Um, which I always thought about that with MJF. Like, I, I think deep down he really does see Jericho and he, he models himself after Jericho. And it was, it was neat for him to call that out. Who? Uh, M- M- who? M- MJF. MJF. My jackoff friend? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he just, I mean, he was ripping the hell out of the pinnacle. Um, he was going in on everybody from Tully 
to Sean Spears. Come on, what was the best comment? I, I'll leave it to you because my, my memory is not that great. I write as much as I can down, but I was running out of room. He said, Wardlow can't count to 11 without his pants off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He was definitely going in on Wardlow. What did he say? He was... um. It was like thirteen something about body and brain, like thirteen percent brain and the rest of body. Why he said he yeah, count to eleven without uh, his pants off. Either way, he said so much that I couldn't even fucking keep track. After a while, he just continued to rip them over and over again. The quote that I had: "He's oranger than Cassio and more streaks in the bottom of that toilet bowl." I enjoyed that because MJF's tan really is bad, and I've noticed this before. Jericho commented on it, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that was acknowledged. This this feud is is really growing on me. I'm really interested. I love that they're doing blood and guts. We didn't get to do that last year because of COVID. I'm interested. I want to see how this goes. And it's Jericho, man. He killed it. All right. So my next one, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a rant. And it's going to go to night two of NXT. And it's going to be Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano. Ring the bell. <laughs> For the second time tonight, it's time for Rant versus Hooray! Just for context, I refuse to ever let Johnny Takeover get a rant. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, so I don't even know where to go with this. Like, I, I feel like it was obvious he was winning the night before, and this was going to be the match that we got. That's that's just who they were behind. I'm not going to touch on to that because that's still upsetting with the whole gauntlet thing. But this match did nothing for me. It did absolutely zero for me. There was it, I would I would go as far as saying this. This was probably the second most boring match I watched of NXT this <laughs> week. And I'll get into the first one uh, a little later. But it's just this one stands out a little more to me just because. It's a championship match, and it's another one of those matches where I expected it to deliver regardless of who was in it, and I guess it shows that you win one night, and then the next night you're not fresh, so you just get beat even though you should have definitely won. It's one of those situations I don't agree with who won the night before, and I don't agree with how this match was set up because it just wasn't good to me. It wasn't entertaining. Nothing impressive came out of it. Um the only part that I'm okay with is Johnny Gargano still being champion. All right. So I agree. I don't like Bronson Reed. So I'm going to start off by saying that I'm not a huge fan that he was in the match itself. It's funny. Last week I was bullshitting. I said, oh, yeah, Bronson Reed's going to win. I didn't think they were going to have Bronson Reed win with L.A. Knight, with Cameron Grimes, with Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Bronson Reed was not my expectation to win that match. And I don't want to dig into the Until gauntlet too much because that's a different topic. Obvious, but anyway. but I, I was literally bullshitting. I said, oh, Bronson Reed's going to win. And then he did. And I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. And I was starting to think maybe Bronson Reed would beat Johnny at this point because they gave him the win over LA Knight. Bronson Reed has always been somebody they'll give some wins to and then he loses the big match. I didn't want to see Bronson beat Johnny, but I had considered maybe it was a possibility. But I'm just not letting you give Johnny Gargano a rant on TakeOver. The match, while I think... It would have been better suited for somebody else like Cameron Grimes or Loomis or even L.A. Knight. I still think the performance was really good on both sides. There was a point, I, I love the ending of the match. I think they ended up making Reed look strong, even in defeat. Though I'm not a Reed fan, I don't really care his trajectory moving forward. But the finish was well done. I love that Bronson did the somersault off the top rope. That was different. I haven't seen him do that. Um, 
you know, those big guys on the top, we're starting to see with Keith Lee. Bronson showed that he had a little bit of that in him as well. I think the match was good. I understand where you're coming from with Bronson. I agree there, but I don't think this match this match was a rant by any means. I give this match a rave because I don't think it deserves a rant. Uh, completely agree with both of your sides. There wasn't one thing that either of you said that I didn't that I didn't agree with. Uh, but the the match that the two put on, I did think it was fun. I think Greg probably this was a case, and I find myself doing this all the time, where just from the beginning you do not care. So it's going to be so hard to win you over, no matter what, no matter what happens. And there, there certainly was a lot of that there for me too, because I haven't been a big fan of Bronson. Because as you even touched on, Blake, his entire character is get a few wins, lose title match, right? Yep. That's exactly what we did again. That brings it down some, but the two they put on a good match. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> fuck Bronson. This is all about Johnny for me. I love Johnny. I, I am, I am back on board with Johnny Organo now. So I, if you were like fucking Bronson reached the end of this match, maybe I would have agreed and said, yeah, rant. But I can't give it to Johnny because he performed his ass off like he always does on TakeOver. Um, I'm kind of glad Bronson didn't get the win. I don't need to see Bronson as North American champion. I think no, I, I think the it. guys that we talked about, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, and Dexter Loomis are better fits for it than Bronson. Bronson has his role. It's to lose title matches. All right, guys, that's the end of round three. So let me ask you, what was your favorite show this week i'll get started and i'll say nxt night one why because it had walter versus champa and that is literally the only reason why nxt night one and it's also nxt night one for me all right good good round four and i'll get us started off with a rave for AEW, and it goes to mike tyson uh, I just enjoyed Mike Tyson. This was a great spot for I him. I actually, I have, yep. Last time we had seen him, he was kind of beefing with Jericho, so I didn't really think that he would be coming to Jericho's aid. Um, it makes a lot of sense, especially with Jericho and Inner Circle kind of having just a real, just kind of a wake-up call for themselves lately. They're apo- they, I feel like they're being sincere in the apologies that they're issuing and really realizing, like, man, we've we've done some damage here. And they're trying to repent for that. And I don't know if they had had a conversation with Tyson when he got to the building and maybe apologized, or if Tyson just saw what what they were about now and he he just forgave Jericho and saw that he was a different person. Whatever it was, the alignment was perfect. Uh, the only thing about this entire feud is Pinnacle is trying to get up off the ground, and I could not care much less about Pinnacle in this moment because Inner Circle is just white... Hot, especially when they've aligned with Mike Tyson now. Um, yeah, one of the better spots of the week. Yeah, they, they let it go in a little long after with Tyson to where it was, at some points it was a little awkward. Like, he didn't really know what to do, and you could kind of tell. Uh, but, I mean, it, Mike Tyson helping Jericho, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, how could you not give that a rave? Right. I'm, I'm going to go with a rant, though. I know we've been raving a lot. It was a good week of wrestling. And rightfully so with the takeovers involved. But I'm going to give a rant to AEW. And picture being the TNT champion. Blake, this is my one one rant for the entire week. The only rant I have written down. Picture, we're going to talk about AEW. Picture being the TNT champion. And this belt has been on Brody Lee, who had some amazing matches with Cody Rhodes, who was also TNT champion who was doing these open challenges where we were seeing guys like Eddie Kingston, new names coming in AEW that we didn't know about. 
and had had such an open challenge vibe, that good vibe that we want to get out of an open challenge. The type of vibe we used to get from John Cena with the United States Championship matches, where people would show from NXT, like Sami Zayn, like Kevin Owens, and challenge for that belt. And even if you knew they weren't going to win, you were still so excited to see that matchup because it was fresh. Darby Allen has not had a good reign as TNT champion, and he decides he's like, I'm going to start doing the open challenges. So I'm thinking... Good shit, Darby. That's what you need. Let's see some some really good matches from you, some open challenges with the same sort of process. They gave me fucking JD Drake. This is not an open challenge competitor. The man, uh, who is this? This is not what I want from the TNT Championship open challenge. This is a jobber that you gave me disguised as Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as somebody important. The man's two and three... I've never seen him before. There was nothing about him that was exciting to me. And Darby, for an open challenge, granted, every now and then you might get a guy like this, but not the first one. You want to set an example with that first open challenge, and they did not do it whatsoever. This reign from Darby has been trash. Was the second open challenge? I think it was the first. If Now, if you're counting Janela... That didn't feel like no open challenge. They even had to address why Janela was getting the match. It's like, oh, because we're friends. That was stupid, too. I didn't like that, but this was even worse. It's This rain has been horrible. It has taken me from excited about Darby Allen to almost not caring. I am, I am down so far on Darby Allen right now because of the booking. And it's so weird because AEW does such a good job with their booking, especially with their long-term views. And it just feels like Darby, everything for Darby has been Sting. It has nothing to do with Darby. Why is Sting the push? Dar- Sting should be here to help Darby. Darby is here right now helping Sting. Right. And he's a champion. It makes no sense. All right. My next one is going to be a rave. It's going to go to NXT Night 1. And that is MSK winning the tag team titles. I've it, you guys have known since the tournament. I've been behind these guys. Obviously, they were the ones I wanted to win out of this. I thought that I, it's it's not even just going to them. It's going to that whole match because why can't I never say the damn name? You know, Phantasma. Um, oh, so we got a Delphine. They looked so damn good in this match. Who was the other team involved in that match, Roy? Yeah, the Grizzled. It needs to be done every time. Sorry, Greg. No, no, I know he just waiting for it. He just wants the grizzled, so I don't even throw in the young vets anymore. So everybody looked so good all around, and you get down to this point where it's the last two guys or the last two teams that were in the the uh, Dusty Classic. They're both just beaten to shit, and it was just one screw up, one screw up on Grizzled Young Vets' part, and they they're going to be tag champions. Grizzled Young Vets are going to be tagged. I hope so. Champions. I think right now the right choice is MSK. There's there's a lot of excitement behind these guys. And I I can definitely see this being a tag team that, if done right, called up eventually. Don't do it. Is going to be. Don't do like, it, Craig. I'm just saying, like, like a street province, like the entertainment value and stuff like that. These guys have it. Um, Obviously, got to do some character building because we don't have much out of these guys except for where they started and, again, the best friends thing, stuff like that. But, like, a little bit of character work, which we got a little bit of that with the who's going to win this match, who's going to win this match thing. And then it 
in a way, they gave you that little bit like, wait a minute, are y'all already about to not be on the same page? And they're like, well, let's be fair, there ain't no losers tonight because we won. And I'm like, okay, there you go. Um, but no, the whole match was great, and I think MSK was the right choice. Obviously in a biased way because I've been behind these guys since their first match of the uh, Dusty Classic. I'm never this good at calling things. Never this good, and I have been on a streak with MSK. Um, so they're easily my favorite tag team in in NXT. Um, and and I told you guys they were my favorites to win the Dusty, and they've easily become my favorite tag team all around. Like, all around right now. All right, my final, final one for the week is going to be a rave, and it's going to go to... Hmm. This is always the tough part, all right? I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it to the Big E Roots promo over on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, Blake, we, we touched on it just a little bit earlier. I know you weren't a big fan of it. I thought this was probably the best we've seen of Big E since winning the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, while I can agree, and maybe it's not 100% exactly where we'd like to be, I do feel like they met me at at least 80%. It made a lot of sense um, as Apollo is getting in touch with his roots and reconnecting with all of that. Big E did the same thing, and he said he, he brings up the comparison of we're heading into this Nigerian drum fight. You think that this is your home turf. This is my home turf. I own a piece of this land. My blood runs through this stadium. He talks about his connections with the city, with the people, and with the stadium itself. And I think it, it put a really good light on Biggie. And that's that's why I was agreeing with you earlier with when Blake was saying, like, I get where you're coming from. You can see where, like, oh, well, what's a barbershop really got to do with it? But when you get down to it, he grew up there. That's the barber he's been going to. That's the guy he goes to see. There, Everybody has a different sense of what's therapeutic to them. And whether it's sitting in front of a TV playing a video game, sitting right here talking about wrestling with your buddies, sitting in a barber chair and just connecting with someone you've known kind of your whole life. And he and said, stuff. this is where I go and, to clear my head. And a lot of barber shops, if you notice, a lot of people that go to the same barber shop, they know their barber. Like they, When I lived out in Glen Burnie, I went to the same barber all the time. I walked in that place, and he immediately would ask about Caden. Immediately knew who I was. There was that connection, and I can get where he's coming from with that because a lot of like barber shops like that, they're privately owned, and they really care about their clientele. So I can see where it's therapeutic. You to can see where to go somebody there. would build that um, on. And then, and then, like you said, like the mentioning that he played his state championship uh, high school match, a uh, uh, football uh, game at. Uh, bleh, Raymond James, like just different things. And again, like you said, the whole time it's been like Apollo going back to his roots. And finally, like, I'm not saying we got something out of Big E where I'm like, oh, I believe in Big E. It just finally made sense. Not necessarily going to get behind Big E on it, but it made sense. It did make me actually, whereas I've always felt like, who could possibly win this? Nobody's going to look good out of this. I do, and I. I would like for Big E to just open down and just win again. Like, at least there would be some consistency to the feud. It was right. Apollo cannot beat Big E. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's still not enough to, to save this, this whatever you want to call, Big E versus Apollo over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have it as a rant. I didn't have it as a rave. I think the reason I brought it up was the direction is all over the place. Yeah. If this was the direction from the beginning, that would have been cool. 
that because it does make sense, right? But the direction was two weeks ago. He this man was like crying and whining in anger. He was doing this weird stuff of how angry he was. An apologist kept kicking his ass, and now he's in the barber shop. It's like you know what I mean, like just the trending. But maybe that's the thing. Maybe is saying everything from before is that he had to clear his head. He had to get in the right mind space with this because he wasn't prior. I don't know. I I I don't I don't think the dots connect the way I'd like them to. No, I and get you. I get it. I think we'd be in a much better situation if we had skipped the fast lane match. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but. Rightfully so. It's it's fine being a rave. I can see where you, where you got that from, and and I mean I don't I'm not ready to give up on Biggie. I love Biggie. I just the character has not been there for me right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it off with a rant. I think it's only right. Uh, again, it's been a great week. I think we touched on a lot of the things that I enjoyed the most. But something I want to bring up that that is really big on my list is going to Monday Night Raw. It's a rant, and it's going to be the tag match with Ripley and Oscar. I believe this is Raw's first time even getting on the damn board this week. Yeah, no, I mean, not they, a great Monday, no, not a great no. Monday night. The last few Mondays haven't been very Go good. Go homes with with Raw and SmackDown for Mania are usually not good. Go homes period before pay per views typically aren't good for Tip, WWE. Yeah, but more so Mania because it's a lot of like, especially on Fridays when they when Access was around. It's a lot of just showing you stuff from Access. A lot of what we got out of this with just telling me about what matches I'm going to see in the two nights. Like, but go. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. That's all right. So with Ripley and Oscar, was this not obvious from the start that this was what was going to happen? They have they have a match in less than a week, right? Rhea attacks her, then sets up this match. Oscar from the start, this was weird. Oscar's just in the ring like everything's cool. There's no confrontation about last week whatsoever. She's just ready for this tag match. She is. Why would she even assume Rhea cares about this tag match? It's not. It's not for anything. And they face each other in less than a week. And then commentary is surprised when Ripley attacks Oscar. I'll tell you. Why. They're like, why would she do that to her tag partner? What? What do you mean? That they're, they're not. And, and not to mention the entire lead up was, can these two coexist? No, and they have no reason to. I'll- I'll tell you why it was not, or it was believable that they could coexist. Because how many goddamn times have we seen the world women's champion a tag team champion as well? Well, that's a whole nother subject but, to, to discuss it's that's not good. It's one of situations where it's, it's essentially what they did with Drew going into Mania last year with basically saying, I'm a face now, believe that I'm a face. It's Ripley, I'm a heel, believe that I'm That's a all heel. it was. Yeah. That's, that's all it was. That's all it is. It's because to establish who is who. There was no time for them to do it. So right. they had to rush and do everything. And it it was just it made Asuka look like a complete fool. As if she has no knowledge of wrestling. And it makes Nia and how this and works. Shana look worse again. Yeah, well, they've been doing you that. You couldn't even beat the team. The team had to implode for you to win. But commentary, man. When commentary went that route with me, I, it was this. <laughs> he it? took it personally when they took that. Route I mean, with me. I felt bad for Oscar that she had to look stupid. But for them to address me as I'm an asshole and that's stupid is insulting to me. Clearly, I know what you're doing. Oh God, Blake versus Samoa Joe at WrestleMania. <laughs> I understand I'm what you're doing here. I already Joe. don't Joe. like it as it is, and then commentary with the shock. 
that she would attack Asuka. Meanwhile, the whole match, she's disrespecting her. The whole match. She's slapping in for, you know, to get in when she wants. She's slapping Asuka to come back in I'm whenever she's ready. I'm ready for Asuka to beat her ass at WrestleMania. I am honestly. too. And and is that what you want me to feel? Right. For real? Like this new starter you're trying to build? Do you want me to want to get her ass kicked? You can say, oh, well, she's a heel. That's how you should feel. Again, it's WWE forcing you to feel a certain way about somebody instead of letting the fans, letting it letting it happen and letting the fans enjoy it in their way. It's them telling you, in these two weeks, you're going to hate Rhea Ripley. And you, <laughs> but they, they also didn't make me feel behind Asuka at all. I don't care. So they just they took everything away. This match was, it was a complete waste of time. I'm going to also end on a rant, and it's going to go to AEW, and it's going to be Godzilla versus Kong match. Wow. Not, not only did you call it Godzilla versus wow. Kong, the match was horrible. Wow. Horrible. So Jurassic Express wow. versus Bear Country, because Roy looks confused. Wow. Why did you not like wow. it? Wow. I don't, I don't. It's not good. I don't and know I if I can so accept this. This is our Godzilla versus Kong. Where was Kong? Because Bear Country has nothing to do with a gorilla. Anyway, I hated the whole thing. Wow, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rhett versus Rave. I like this match, man. <laughs> Rave. I, I thought it was I thought it was a good match. I'm super into the Godzilla versus Kong branding. I thought that was genius. Playing it very loosely with the bear thing, obviously that's Super loosely. Super loosely. Um, <laughs> Not even in the same... Anyway. I did. Wa- I actually watched Godzilla vs. Kong this week. I loved the movie. It has nothing to do with the match. I just wanted to put that out there. The match was fine. It wasn't anything like five stars or anything, but I thought it was a great mid-card match. You're not getting this one, Greg. I refuse. Man, you're, you you're you came you came for Gargano. Now you're coming for Jurassic Express, who finally got a win, damn it. Uh... I actually, I, I did have it as a rave and honorable mention, and I'm going to give it a rave because Roy is just so passionate about his enjoyment <laughs> for this match. I didn't expect him to have so much hate. He said, he really doubled down. He's like, I hated it. I know. Like, oh, my God. I, I'm actually a little surprised that you felt that way. Uh, I get it with the bear thing. Yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense, but I had fun. Complete, complete <laughs> side note. Were you interested in Godzilla versus Kong? I haven't seen it. No, I'm not, I don't care. Not into it? Okay. I've never. I wasn't never. I was never really into the monster realm. That's fair. Movies. That's fair. I did think the last Godzilla movie was good, but I don't know enough about Kong to care about. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's fair. Um, so that's it. It looks like right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Greg's not allowed to rant this week, basically. Honorable mentions will reverse the order. It'll be Greg, Blake, and Roy. Do you have anything under uh, rant for honorable mentions, Greg? Yeah, get it right yes, this I'm time. I'm going to go quick. Uh, Ron Elias and Riker. Okay, uh, fair. You got it right this <laughs> the time. Gaunt- the Gauntlet <laughs> Eliminator match. Uh, Escobar and Devlin. What? Really? It was built too big for what they gave me. I can, I can understand that. I Oof. do think that match... I think that match was a... I would review it as a great ladder match that underdelivered. I did expect a little bit more from. from I what about expect, raves? Greg has just run off to the bathroom. <laughs> he was trying to do it discreetly, and Blake called him out. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Uh, the ladder match was the ladder Santos match. A great ladder Devin. match that did underdeliver a little bit. I expected just a little bit more from these two, and maybe that's unfair because they did still almost kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and especially that moonsault, the, how close Santos was 
for that moonsault and for him to still hit it pretty picture perfect. That was impressive. That was a beautiful moonsault. Uh, anything under rant for you, Blake? Yeah, I only have one. No, I have two. The build for Lashley McIntyre is really sucked. Um, and, and what really took me out of the element was when Bobby says he hopes it's true that wins. Meanwhile, the whole time he is saying he he's pretty much paying anybody he can to take Drew out of Mania. These jobbers. Then Corbin is involved because he wants to take. Drew out of Mania, and then backstage he's watching the match. He's like, well, who do you want to win? I think Drew McIntyre, because, you know, I'm on a face. What? That That's not... The story has been told that you want to take him out of Mania. Now you want to face him in Mania. Like, it was a, it was a complete shit show. The match being main event, like, what a letdown for a go-home show for Mania. It's Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. Oh my God! You gotta, you gotta imagine if Baron Corbin can get this win over Drew McIntyre, that he'll get this spot at WrestleMania. No one in the world no expected Corbin to win, and it just, it was, it wasn't even a good match for McIntyre <laughs> to look good because it's Corbin and he just loses all the time at this point. Yeah, not great build. Um, horrible build. I, I still am looking forward to the match, but the build should have been so much better for these two. They deserved more, especially Lashley. Um, now that Greg's back, I'll go over my final rant and he'll be able to rave. My final honorable mention rant is why not let Tamina get a big win right, over Nia Jax? Let her get the win. You know, you Ben Shana's been losing every week, so why not give Tamina this Tamina win? Did look good you that. already gave her the win with a DQ, so Nia has lost anyway. Right. Why not just go all in and have Tamina get this big win over Nia? Why go the predictable route with the DQ? It doesn't make much sense. Why are we protecting Nia so much? Uh, A loss to Tamina, to me, I don't know how you guys feel, but would have done so much for Tamina, but it actually wouldn't have hurt Nia that much for me either. I would have looked at Tamina like, wow, maybe Tamina is what they've been saying she is for a long time. Maybe she is coming into her own. So that was really disappointing that they went that route. Uh, and for me, I had mentioned the Darby Allen thing was literally the only rant I was able to come up with this week. Even things that didn't land for me fully. Uh, I'm so appreciative of everybody in the wrestling world that gave me such a great week as we head into WrestleMania. I know everybody busted their butt, so it was hard for me to really rant about anything with, with such a great week. Uh, now let's head over to Rave. Greg. Uh, Riddle and Ali, I thought was actually, I actually thought that was a good match this week. Um, especially since we haven't really gotten anything out of Ali, um, Kushida and uh, Pete Dunne. Uh, I I think they're both very good wrestlers. Dude. They are. I, they I, are. I think the match was good. It's just it. Dunne should be in a different picture than this, but I thought the match was good. Um, the women's tag team match on night two of NXT. Um, more so Candice LeRae looking really good in I that match. I wanted Candice and Indy to win so yeah. bad. I knew that they weren't, but that would have been maybe, what, top five WrestleMania week moments for me if they could have gotten those belts. They looked really good in that. Um, the, I got one. Okay, the trios match on AEW. Um, the ending to that. I don't know what we're doing with Young Bucks. One one week they're with them, one week they're not. They're doing a bleh, they're doing a good job at I guess playing tug rope with us because one week we're like oh no like they're absolutely against anything I guess you, we can call it the Bullet Club now are doing, and then 
the next week they're back to being with Omega and the Good Brothers. Like, and and it almost seemed like this time. So I always get this messed up. Nick is the older brother and Matt is the younger brother, right? Okay, which one has the beard and which one doesn't? Nick is the one without the beard. Matt is the one with the beard. Okay, so Matt's the younger brother, I think. I don't know anyway, about age. Anyway, but I, I can tell you the looks. You could tell. You could tell Matt was going through like kind of a crisis, and Nick was like, "Come on, let's do this." And <coughs> and he's like kind of confused because it's like Matt swapping over, but Nick's not one hundred percent there. Um, is what we got out of this one, I think. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Moxley hitting three damn paradigm shifts on Omega and Omega selling the shit out of every single one of them. I think at one point Omega just completely backflipped onto the back of his neck. Like that, I, I enjoyed the match. And the I trio, the, ending. the trios match was one of the best things this week. I'm a little surprised that in five rounds it didn't make it onto the main show, but that just goes to show you how good the week was. Yep. Now, Devil's Advocate. The only thing that I, I didn't enjoy about this is that Kenny should have been taken out on a stretcher. Like, honestly, it does bother me a little yeah. bit that he was standing up and doing anything after that amount of match-closing finishers. And within just a few minutes to be back up joking around, uh, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop thinking about that. It makes sense. I didn't, I didn't actually think about that because of everything else that was going on, but it, you bring up a really good point. Did you have any others? Nope, that was it. Like, yes. Yeah, so Billy Kay backstage stating her case for the <laughs> women's tag titles, but she doesn't even have a partner. It was great. Uh, if I could get a quick segment of Riddle racing past his opponents weekly, I would love that. Um, I don't think we've talked about him forgetting his line on the show yet. Um, and it's come out now that that's actually what happened. Uh, if you recall, he had pulled up on his scooter next to Asuka. And he started to say something. He's talking yeah. to her. And he goes, ah, I forgot my lines. And he scooted off. It's now being reported that that legitimately happened. There was a really long promo scripted for him. And Vince McMahon thought it was so hilarious that they just kept that part. That was, they kept yeah, him forgetting his line. It was that's recorded. Awesome. It was recorded. So that's why he was like, I forgot my lines and went off. Because he thought they were going to do it again. And Vince thought it was hilarious. It was just like I we're, thought we're that was weird. It. It, it was, was like so we're going strange, with but that's yeah. great. That yeah. and because Oscar looked like she was confused. Yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. great. That's so riddle. That's but so it, riddle. It fits him so well, though. It really like, does. Um, you know, I I know you mentioned the um, the gauntlet match. I actually enjoyed it. I do think the wrong guy won, but I enjoyed the match and the way it was who set did you up. Want to win? Me personally, it was between Cameron Grimes and La Knight. Uh, I, I want them to recover LA Knight as quickly as possible, and I was hoping maybe this would do so. But they were like the first two out. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Was there a part of you that, as we got to the last two, just out of curiosity, had uh, Swerve won either of you over again? No. Because he, keeps, he no. keeps doing it for me, man. Mm -hmm. I, I loved when he was hitting those finishers or those kicks. A little disappointed he didn't get the pin off of it. Yeah, when they did when they did swerve and read it automatically for me it was like, well, Reed's winning yeah. now, and Here's, I think that was the the wrong way to go about it. But maybe they just wanted swerve to look a little bit. If better. If anything, in all of this, it's made Ruff look better because he's he shows that he can have like a a mean side to him. Like he came out and attacked and everything like that, right. and like he was taking it too. Swerve. He like, was. It wasn't anything like before where we saw he needed Damian Priest in his corner type of thing. Like he looks like he could carry himself. Uh, the ladder match was brought up. I actually enjoyed the ladder match. And 
it took me to a point where... San- oh, yeah, that's right. He had it on rant, right? Yeah. So Santos, for me, was really lost. Like, that build the cross was so exciting for me, and then they just destroyed him three-on-one right, and everything was taken away from me. I, I'm starting to feel it again for Santos. There was something in this match, something after the match. Like, I don't know if it was... Is it because his- three-on-one worked this time? Right. No, no, I I get it, I get it, but I don't know, I don't, I, I can't explain it. I I know logically it shouldn't it's have fair. happened. It's completely fair. He still remains one of my but least favorite. There was still right something now. where I was like, man, I want to feel that relevancy again with him. The match itself, I think, was good. I love that that moonsault was picture yep. perfect. It was Beautiful. so close to where he was. Scary. Nailed it. I I like the ending with Devlin going through the ladder. Something about somebody going through a ladder always is so cringe and there's, painful to me. There's only three parts of the match that I enjoyed. Okay. <laughs> Escobar completely launching the ladder at Devlin while he was at the top of the ladder. That that did not look good at all. That was cool, but we have seen that one now. The, right. Yeah. The the moonsault. And then when he went through the ladder, I legit was like, he's fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my, Those the, spots were first. My first thought was, he's done. Like, we've seen it happen, and we're like, okay. I was like, no, he's dead. Like, that did not look safe at all the way that he took that. Yeah, I I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I'm hoping that he can get it back, man. Because I, I do think he's super talented. It's just, he was put in a bad spot with the cross stuff. And lastly, Seth Rollins and this commercial that's mimicking electoral campaign commercials was something that SmackDown was really lacking this week. But I actually really enjoyed this. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, like, what is this? And it starts off with Cesaro. And he's like, he's not who you think he is. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is this? And then I, I immediately start to notice what they're trying to accomplish with this. And I thought it was genius. And I loved it. Because those commercials pissed me off so much during the voting period. I hate them. And the fact that they took this and used it for Seth Rollins, it worked for me, and I really enjoyed it. And that was it for me. All right, my honorable mentions are going to go to Britt Baker this week over on AEW. She did a good job at, at winning my heart back again. Uh, every time she talks, she does. It's just disappointing to invest so much in somebody that... <laughs> and then she loses. Loses their major programs, right. Um, I loved, I loved her point, even though I, I do not agree with it. I love the point that she had, and I completely see how somebody would. She says that these these wins are BS. Um, she talks about going down to the AEW Dark and the stuff like that, where a lot of people rack up these wins against no names. She's like, fine, I'll play the game and I'll do that. She says it should be based off of star power, TV ratings, and merch sales. I think she's in the wrong company <laughs> in that case, but good promo uh, nonetheless. And then the only other thing I have that we haven't talked about is going to be just a little moment with the Hurt Business on the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal where they realized the whole locker room was about to come at them. They just showed a little bit of solitude, did the little fist bump, and just, just ran head into the to the issue. I enjoyed that a lot. I really hope something positive comes out of this for Shelton and Cedric. Uh, it's hard to imagine that it does because they took the belts from them and where where do you hope for tag teams to go to the belts? So I don't know, but maybe they can carve out something alongside the, the championship stories. Um, I think that's everything, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. WrestleMania tonight. WrestleMania week. I'm excited. Um, all right, this week our winner. Let's see. It was it was it was very close actually. Second place was Friday Night SmackDown, but your winner. 
NXT Stand and Deliver Night One. <laughs> <laughs>